You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, it is my 100th episode. Woohoo! And I have this awesome new podcast studio to debut to you. So I'm very excited. If you're watching on YouTube, you guys are able to see the new space. It's going to get even fancier. Very excited. Uh, for my 100th episode, I wanted to do something special, of course. And I polled you guys and asked you what you wanted me to talk about. And I got a variety of answers. A lot of you wanted me to talk about different health issues. And a lot of you asked me to talk about myself and tell my story, which I got to be honest with you. Before I met the amazing Drake Peterson, who is my podcast producer, who I want to thank personally, and don't cut that part out, Drake. I thank you for being with me the past few years. It has been a wild ride and you have been incredible to work with. If you guys are thinking of starting your own podcast, I have an awesome producer for you. And he's a rock star. <laughs> but, you know, it, I did a hundredth episode already. I had a podcast in the past called Pain Free and Strong. It's still up if you guys want to go listen to it. There's some incredible episodes in there and incredible interviews with other people if you guys want to go binge on it. But I did a hundredth episode for that show before I shut it down. And it was all about me. It was all, it was my story, my health story, how I got here, about my practice, why I closed my practice, all of that information. So I did not want to talk about that one again. And then several of you actually came up with a really fun idea that felt a little, you know, like I was stroking my own ego, but I decided to run with it. And the topic was what is my top health advice on how I've stayed hot and happy these past almost 50 years? And I don't know how hot I am, but I definitely think that health-wise, I'm doing better than most folks in my age group. And I just wanted to share my insights with you because I know I preach a lot about metabolic health and this, that, and the other, but straight up, I practice what I preach. And so I made a list of 15 things that are my non-negotiables that I have done and implemented over my lifetime. Some of them were by accident. Some of them were on the advice of great mentors. And some of them were just things I figured out in my research and my schooling along the way. And some I learned from my patients. So without further ado, I'm going to dive right in because I don't want to make this too long. I just want to keep it short and sweet. And hopefully we get through another awesome 100 episodes from here. So. Hey, functional and integrative healthcare practitioners, listen up. I've got something for you. Back in the day, I used to stock an entire wall's worth of lab kits for each specialty lab that I ran on patients. It took up so much room. Each kit had different instructions and it was a very tiresome process. On top of that, I would spend forever having to chase down the lab results once they came in by logging into all the different portals and websites. It was honestly a total time suck and time is money after all. But now there's a better way to order lab tests that I'm excited to share with you. Rupa Health is a tool that lets you order from over 30 specialty labs in a single portal. You can order all the tests that you normally do from companies such as Dutch, Vibrant, Diagnostic Solutions, and more. Rupa eliminates all the headaches by having all ordering, tracking, and results in a single place. And they also handle invoices, tracking shipments, automated follow-up, personalized instructions for completing the tests, and so much more. They can even facilitate convenient blood draws for your patients. The best part about Rupa is that it's free for practitioners. Signing up only took me a few minutes and the website is very user-friendly. Plus, all of your patients' labs can be found under one single platform. Go to rupahealth.com, that's R-U-P-A health.com to join a live demo or sign up and see how it works. 
And if you're simply a listener looking to order your own labs, I have a selection of tests at nearly wholesale prices that you can check out on my website at drtina.com forward slash labs. I will start off with number one, my mentor, Rick Marinelli, who I have to thank profusely. He is no longer with us. He died of cancer in 2013. It boggles my mind that I have, uh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I can't believe it's been 10 years without him, but he was an incredible force of nature and he was huge in my profession and he was an incredible physician. He was an acupuncturist and a naturopathic physician and he was just amazing. And he taught me something. He taught me to make sure that I always fit in the same size belt. That was his way of letting me know that waist circumference was really important when it came down to your future risk for type 2 diabetes and for metabolic dysfunction. When I was first, when I first met him, he actually diagnosed my mother with what was then called syndrome X, which is metabolic syndrome. We didn't even have the term for it then, nor did we have the diagnostic criteria. But syndrome X was this pre-diabetes condition and he was seeing it all over the place. And he said, make sure you stay in your same size belt your whole life. So I have. And while I might be on the last loop... (laughs) No choke. I might be on the last loop. I've been in the same size belt since, I don't know, college. I was really underweight back then. I was uh, very intentionally uh, probably bordering on anorexic and, or was probably still, I was anorexic in high school. And so that was no easy feat. But once I started to gain into a healthy weight, that was the belt size I chose. So I was probably in my early 20s when that happened. So I still fit in my same size belt. And I highly encourage you to try for the same because your waist circumference is very intimately tied to your future risk of diabetes, metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is pre-diabetes. If you haven't heard me talk about it before, I have several episodes about it. And no joke, the quickest way to age yourself is to have your health your metabolic health get busted. And that's that's no joke. Second thing is I quit, well, I never started eating artificial sweeteners ever. I've never eaten artificial sweeteners. I might've gotten them inadvertently in a mouthful of something, but I always spit them out. I despise artificial sweeteners. We just started having literature come out supporting what I have suspected for a long time. And there are great people out there who are smarter than I that will argue with me about this till the end of time. But when it was 1982, when I tasted NutraSweet and I immediately spit it out, I also had a very obese type one diabetic aunt who lived with us for a time and she lived off of the stuff. She lived off Sweet and Low and Tab, Tab Soda. And so I just immediately equated artificial sweeteners with poor health. And I, I very much think I'm right. We've got some data that's recently come out about sucralose, talking about how it busts your DNA. It's... Um, Aspartame has been linked to cancer, although that was not a great study that recently came out with the World Health Organization. But whatever, I don't eat artificial sweeteners. I don't touch them. You can do whatever you want. Number three would be soda. So I mentioned the ant. Unfortunately, that ant passed away, but she loved her tab soda. And I immediately equated tab or any soda, I should say. Soda period became just a no-go for me. I decided that soda was not healthy. It was not good for anybody. I was not going to be consuming it. And so I totally cut soda out of my life when I was probably, I really doubled down on, I mean, I would get it, um, I would get it 
against my will, to be honest with you, when you're a kid and you're playing sports or you're with friends or you're at a friend's house, you can't always choose what you eat or drink. And so a lot of times there was soda. And when I was about 14, I just cut soda out of my life, like hard line. I'm not drinking soda. So I might have a Coke once in a while if my stomach really hurts or if I'm maybe a ginger ale, but drinking soda as a thing is not a thing. So no soda, no artificial sweeteners in this body for as long as I can remember. And I very much believe that because high fructose corn syrup came on the scene, I very much believe that that's what saved me in a lot of ways. Like I think if I'd been slugging back high fructose corn syrup all of these years, I would be in big trouble. The next on my list is honestly, I think my anorexia in a weird way kind of saved me. In some ways it hurt me, but in other ways it kept me from overconsuming. and the food supply was changing at that time. And it was turning into garbage. Like the fats were garbage, fake fats, fake sugars, lots of ultra refined carbohydrates. And I just, my stomach hurt all the time when I ate that stuff. And so I just quit eating. And I don't think I necessarily was, I mean, yes, I was striving to stay lean, but I think more of it was my stomach aches. And while that's a whole issue in of itself, I'm not saying starve yourself by any means, please. Let me disclaimer all of this. None of this is medical advice. This is my story. This is just my story. But I think just not hyper-consuming a lot of that stuff was helpful to me. It's not to say I made great food choices. For a long time, I ate pretty not great, but I just didn't eat a lot of it. So I don't know. We, we, we won't. That's not necessarily on the list, but I do think that being conscious and learning how to control what I put in my mouth was helpful for me. All right, next on my list is no white foods. When I was a kid, I was very ill and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me because they were looking at me allopathically. And I had spent a lot of time on antibiotics. I had my tonsils removed. I had my adenoids removed, which essentially destroys the immune system gateway going into your throat. Not good. And I had chronic ear infections and it was a whole sinusitis, a whole thing. And I finally met a doctor, nice old guy. He was pretty smart. And he said, get her off of all white foods. And so that would be cookies, crackers, sugar, you know, that kind of thing. And I've always carried that with me to some degree. And yes, you've heard me say it before. I am a carbohydrate addict. I straight up am a crunchy, salty, ultra refined processed carb addict. So for me, it's just kind of a rule to avoid the white foods. And I do eat some white rice on the regular. That's one of the ways that I control my carbohydrate intake. So white, no white foods really means to me those those food and, and this might include dairy for, for many people. Dairy is something that I can eat dose dependent. I can't do too much of it. So white foods in general, I'm just careful when I encounter white foods. And that takes me, I'll, I'll just clump this in. I have lived a low carb lifestyle for a really long time. And I wouldn't say my carbs have ever been excessively low. There's been times when I really was very low carbohydrate. That makes me a little crazy. But I, compared to the average American, especially the average woman my age, I'm pretty darn low carb. And I think that's been helpful for me. So I'm going to lump that in with white foods. Because when I say carbs, I mean grainy, you know, well, I don't eat grains hardly at all, but I mean that kind of, uh, I'm not talking vegetables. I'm talking grains and other things that might end up being kind of white, white foods. They usually get processed into something like pastas and noodles and things like that. Oh, my Sansa's here. Hi, Sansa. What you doing? (laughs) 
Oh, I should add that to the list. We're just going to add this to the list. Dogs. I have never lived without a dog ever. I have, I've gone through short periods of time where I was dogless and it was some of the most miserable weeks of my life. I have always had a dog. I've always had a dog beside me. I have always made sure my daughter had a dog. Uh, My parents made sure I had a dog. I think dogs are incredible. I'm going to do a whole episode about dogs and why I think they're so important for our health. But what I've learned recently is that we ground off of them. So they go outside, they pick up the negative electrons, they bring them into us. So if we don't get a lot of time outside during the day, we are getting grounded. We're earthing through our dogs and dogs are incredible. They do incredible things for our microbiome and I'm just a huge fan. All right, next on my list, I have always remained remained thin. I have always remained thin. I have done my best to remain thin. And that wasn't always because of vanity. It was because uh, something else Rick taught me. Your body wants to set, have a set point and it wants to get itself there and it wants to stay there. And so he always warned me not to let your set point go up. So if you gain five pounds and your body gets comfortable there, that's going to be your set point. If you have a baby and you pack on 15, 20 pounds and you keep it, it, your body's going to reset there. So he taught me to always keep your set point as low as possible, especially as you age, because it really becomes more challenging as we get a bit older. I've noticed for me, I used to just think about losing weight and I would lose it. Now I actually have to try. So I've always remained relatively thin and been conscious of that. And that goes back to the waist circumference issue. This isn't, again, not a vanity thing, just keeping your set point low, keeping your waist circumference low. Something else Rick taught me was to always end my showers with cold. This is not a cold plunge situation. This was something that old naturopathic hydrotherapy, we knew decades ago, always end your showers with cold that causes vasoconstriction, which pushes the blood back to the heart and to the core. And so while you're vasodilating in your shower with the warm water, you then vasoconstrict and the blood goes back to the heart. So always end your showers with cold. I've been doing that a long time. It depends on the season, how long I can handle it. It depends on how I'm feeling and my vitality. I've done a whole episode about why I think protocols are BS. You can listen to that there. But really encourage you. It's a little hormetic pulse. It's a little challenge. It's a little bit of being uncomfortable. It does great things for your dopamine and your showers with cold. Good old naturopathic bit of advice there. Suntan. This is multi, there's a multitude of reasons here. I have always tried to remain tan. And looking back at my life on the times when I lost my tan, I was easily the most miserable person then. I was the most depressed. I was the most miserable. I had the most pain. I had the most depression. I had the most mood swings. I had the worst sleep always when I don't get enough sun. So huge, huge fan of sun and sunlight and sunlight exposure. I have a whole episode about safe sunning. I actually get tan. I purposely try to get tan. That may not be for everyone. I'm a huge fan of being tan. My husband wanted to add to this. He said, when you're consistently in a swimsuit and you don't go long periods of time without being in a swimsuit, you are more conscious of what your physique looks like. So you have to look at yourself. If you're going to put on a swimsuit and go out in public, you're going to have to look at yourself and evaluate where you're at. And I think that's really good advice. This isn't about being, you know, if you're happy where you're at, great, but just keep tabs on it, right? This isn't about being super thin or anything like that, but it's, it's much more about just having, a, you know, forcing yourself to look at your body naked in the mirror and take an assessment of what's there. Because everyone I've talked to who has gained a bunch of weight, 
and especially those who've gained it and lost it, they'll all say the same thing. They don't remember how it crept up on them. Like one day they turned around and saw a picture of themselves. It wasn't even looking in the mirror. It was like they saw a picture of themselves that someone else took and they couldn't believe how much weight they'd gained. And so it's this thing our brain does. It kind of tricks us into thinking nothing's happening when something very well could be happening. And when you're in a swimsuit, it sort of forces you to keep tabs on that. Plus, he says he wanted to add, weigh yourself every day. We There's pros and cons to that. I do weigh myself every day or every other day, pretty damn close to it. He weighs himself every day. I don't care necessarily what the number on the scale says. For me, it's a trend. If I keep the scale in the same place and that's trending upwards, along with my waist circumference measurements, which I do every single month, I measure my waist every month. You know, if things are trending upward, something's going on that we should take note of. All right. And then, of course, being tan has its a whole bunch of benefits. And we've talked about that on different episodes. Vitamin D, obvious one, getting lots of infrared light. Oh, there's so many great things about the sun. I mean, just having your melanocytes activated, I think, does a whole slew of good things for your mitochondria. There's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of upsides here. Next one, you guys have heard me say this a million times, strength train, strength train, strength train. My mentor taught me that too. Strength train. Your muscle is, as Dr. Gabrielle Lyon says, muscle is the organ of longevity. Muscle is, in my opinion, a critical vital sign for how healthy people are or are not. And muscle is your absolute insurance against old aging. It's the fountain of youth. It is the best insurance you can have for your immune function. It is the key concept in staying out of metabolic dysfunction as you age. Muscle is everything. And so strength training is absolutely critical. I've done so many episodes on why strength training is critical. You guys can go back and listen. My producer sometimes says like, didn't you just do this episode? <laughs> like, haven't we already talked about this? I'm like, yeah, but I'm saying it different. It matters. It really matters to me that I drive this home to you guys and you figure out a way to implement strength training in your day-to-day life because it's pretty damn critical. The next one is sleep. And this is something I have admittedly really, really messed around with and not been so respectful of my sleep in the past. But now, and in the past, I would say 10 years, I've been adamant about my sleep being a priority. And in fact, anyone who messes up my sleep gets kicked out of my life pretty quick. So I've had boyfriends that had sleep issues and I'm like, sorry, bud, you got to go. My husband is a, just a professional sleeper and I love him so much. And when I met him at the end of 2019, he, he, he's so funny. I'm trying to tell him about metabolic dysfunction and waist circumference. And he's like, well, we got to talk about your sleep because you're staying up till 11, 1130 at night. I'm going to bed at 9, 930. We need to be on the same sleep schedule. You know, if we're all, if we're all getting up at five. So we do stay on a very close sleep schedule. And I tell you, he takes good care of himself and he's a handsome dude if you guys haven't seen him. And it makes going to bed a lot easier when you've got a sexy man or whoever your partner is. If, if you're very attracted to them and, and they're healthy and you know they're happy, we did an episode together, my husband and I, and you can hear us talk more about this, but it just makes it easier to get into bed and go to sleep if you are going to bed with someone you like, right? And I don't just mean sex, I mean just going to bed with someone you like, just being close to them. You know, maybe I just hold his hand sometimes, or maybe I make, I force him to spoon with me, whatever it is. 
Sleep. Sleep is critical for so many reasons. At probably the number one stress hack, weight loss hack, happiness hack I can think of is just dial in your sleep. I mean, shoot, I'll add a couple hours of sleep to my sleep regimen a night and I am so much happier. It is shocking. Last week, I asked my husband if he was on drugs because he was so happy and chipper and he wasn't. But what we realized was that he was going to bed like an hour and a half earlier than he had been for a couple nights in a row. And it just, he was so sweet in the morning and during the day. So sleep is everything. Next tip, I have religiously only drank my coffee black and I only drank water. Now, back in the day, I wasn't drinking filtered water. I did not have an appreciation for filtered water for way too long. And I am embarrassed about that. I absolutely would not drink tap water now if you paid me unless it's the last thing I had to do. So I don't even want to feed my dog tap water. Uh, Our water supplies are not great, especially depending on where you live. So invest in a good water filter. I will link up my favorite one in the show notes. I like AquaPure. I think it makes the water taste delicious. But good water filter. I actually adopted about, oh gosh, almost 20 years ago, I started drinking mineral water almost exclusively. I try to drink a big bottle of mineral water every single day. And we have data showing that people who drink mineral water are healthier and live longer because of the minerals, you know, duh. And I realize this is not something that is seems affordable to a lot of people, but I don't drink coffee outside of the house. I make my coffee at home. Every once in a while, I'll run into town and get a coffee as a treat, but I drink my coffee at home. I make my coffee every day. I make my coffee. I make black coffee. Is it always organic? No. Is it always tested for mold? No, I am not a super coffee snob. I'm probably getting moldy coffee. I'm probably getting unorganic coffee, I realize, but I do the best with what I have access to and the coffee that I like. So I'm not a purist on all of these things, but I drink my coffee black. I don't load it up with sugar and cream. If you put cream in it or milk, it binds up the polyphenols. And sugar, I'm not a big fan of refined sugar. I know that the Ray Pete fans out there are. It's not done well with me. I've tried his route before. And while I definitely believe, you know, I shoot, the way I was trained by my mentor was very Ray Pete as far as thyroid goes, progesterone goes, but I'm not a big fan of the sugar in the coffee. I will say though, if you add a little cream and a little sugar to your coffee, it won't make you feel as cracky. So you won't get as much of the coffee jitters, but you do you, you be careful and you see how it impacts you. I feel like it doesn't impact me well. I feel like my energy throughout the day can get a little, if I do add a little sugar, it's just the tiniest bit, but I'm telling you, I train myself to love coffee just black. And I think between that and not drinking soda and not eating artificial sweeteners, I think it was some of the best habits that I made for myself. I think I really do. I feel like it's contributed to my longevity. Although I just read an article today about a woman who's almost 100 and her secret is she drinks 24 Pepsis a day. So I don't know. Who knows, right? These are just my tips. My next tip is sauna. I wish I had discovered sauna sooner. I did not discover it until about 15 years ago. And I regularly do it. I love it. I love getting hot. I love sweating. I love sweating out the day. I lo- especially love it in the cold weather. Sauna is epic and it has been 
proven to have so many health benefits. I've done several episodes about sauna. You can go back and listen to, but it's definitely a part of my regimen. I even gave one of my saunas to my daughter and I tell her to use it. And I don't know if she does, but I absolutely tell her, like, it doesn't matter what's going wrong. I'm like, hey, are you saunaing every day? Nope. Okay. Well, are you saunaing a few times a week? Nope. Well, it would solve a lot of problems. If people would just strength train and sauna and get more protein, it would solve a lot of problems. I'm not going to talk about my food on this episode because that's a whole other thing. Just eat clean. Whatever that means to you, eat clean, do the best you can, get enough protein. I'm not going to get into that. I don't want to like split hairs over it. So the next one on the list is sex. I think that it's really important to have a healthy sex life. And I know not everybody has access to a partner and a lot of people live alone. I've been single for long periods of my life. I get it. But having, if you don't use your parts, you lose your parts. So without getting too vulgar, whatever that means, whether you have self-pleasure or you have intimacy with your partner or your boyfriend, you got to use your parts. So use it or lose it. There is absolutely a feedback to the brain when you have an orgasm that does so many good things for your health. And I am going to do some episodes about it in the future. But for now, just make sure that you have as many orgasms as you can in a week. I promise you, you will feel better and your stress will be lower. So I'll leave it at that. The next one on my list is to stay mobile absolutely 1000% stay mobile. I have had periods in my life where my autoimmune disease got the best of me and culminated with my pain really ramping up and lost mobility very quickly, very, very quickly. It is shocking how quickly you can lose your mobility, especially when your immune system's evolved and it is creating a whole bunch of stiffness and inflammation in the joints. And so keeping your mobility no matter what. Even when it hurt, I kept myself mobile. And when I didn't, things, it's kind of like, well, it's like weight gain and weight loss and your GPA. All of those things are really easy to mess up and very difficult to get back. It's very easy to gain weight, very hard to lose it. It's very easy to destroy your GPA, very hard to get it back. Uh, My GPA mattered a lot to me when I was young, as you can tell, because I'm talking about it all these years later. And your mobility, it's so easy to lose and it's hard to get back, but it is absolutely so critical. And I'm way stiffer than I would like to be even still. I can do more mobility, whatever it may be. Now, stretching doesn't give you a huge advantage with strength training. And they say it doesn't really help that much with avoiding injury with sports, but there's just so many people I know who have lived long, healthy, athletic lives, and they all swear that you got to stretch and you got to keep yourself mobile. So please do, because the times I haven't stretched and warmed up appropriately are the times when I've hurt myself. So I'm a big fan of activating muscles and stretching them. I like Pilates. I like yoga. Whatever you like to do, keep some mobility in there. I promise you it will contribute to longevity and anti-aging. It's it's really, it's a good one. And while I'm here on this topic, I will say being able to maintain your ass to grass squat is critical. Don't lose that. Don't lose the ability to drop to your ass. I'm talking in a squat, like you see in Asian cultures where they are squatted down working even into their ripe old age of 80s and 90s and 100. Don't lose your ass to grass squat. That's part of my 10-day Don't Be Zombie Bait Challenge. And there's nine other days of goodies in there. If you guys want to check that out, it's on uh, it's on my website, I believe. If not, email us, we'll get it to you. But keep your ass to grass squat, number one. Number two, don't lose your pull-ups and push-ups. 
you need one good pull-up to get out of danger. You just need one. You need to be able to pull yourself up out of danger and not be a hassle to the group. If you're running for your life and you have to scale a wall or a fence and you can't get up it, it is not your group's responsibility to pull you up and you will put them in danger if you can't get up. So maintain a pull-up. And if you don't have a pull-up, get your pull-ups. Follow me on Instagram. Subscribe. You can subscribe to my Instagram. Now They the Instagram gods have let me out of the jail of not being able to monetize my account. And I got my subscriptions on Instagram. It's I think it's like five bucks a month. And I'm going to be doing some pull-up and push-up content right there for my subscribers. And don't lose your push-ups. You got to be able to push yourself up off the ground. And more importantly, you should be able to pop up. The pop up is what surfers do. So they're paddling, paddling, paddling. They plant their hands and they pop up. Don't lose your pop up. If you don't have your pop up, work on your pop up. But being able to pop up and being able to do pull ups, the pull up part contributes to grip strength. And we have so much data. If you guys haven't heard me talk about this, losing your grip strength is the quickest way to the grave. There's so much data to support that adequate grip strength is the key to longevity and good health. So keep your grip strength, keep your pull-ups, keep your push-ups, your pop-ups, and keep your ass to grass. I've been a low-carb gal for a long time, and I'm embarrassed to admit that I've only recently learned in the past few years that all low-carb folks should know is how critically important electrolytes are to supplement. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. Common issues like headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness may simply be a lack of electrolytes. Adequate electrolyte intake can boost performance and recovery in the gym as well. And most importantly, they support the low-carb lifestyle that many of us follow. My new favorite electrolyte product is by Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. This means a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Simply adding a daily packet of Element into my routine has given me more energy, less cramping, and improved mood overall. I even think it's helping my sleep. I've teamed up with Element and they've been gracious enough to offer a free gift with purchase to listeners of the Dr. Tina show. The free gift Element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect gift for anyone who's interested in trying all of their flavors. My favorite is the raspberry salt. They offer a no questions asked refund on all orders. So if you don't like it, you don't even have to send it back. This offer is exclusively available to Dr. Tina show listeners. So be sure to use the link in the show notes and take advantage of it now. Head to the link drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Tina. And then the last one on my list is supplements. There are some things we cannot get from our food supply. The soils have been depleted of magnesium as an example. So I am a huge fan of supplementing magnesium regularly. I am a huge fan of supplementing vitamin D and zinc at times when needed. Definitely check with your healthcare practitioner on when and how much because both of those things can go sideways if you take too much. And we don't want to take too little. I think another one would be intermittent use of fish oil. Now, I know the purists out there say that these omega-3s have their own inherent set of problems, although there's just way too much good research out there showing that omega-3s from good quality fish oils have profound impact on strength and 
on muscle mass and on inflammation. And so as needed, big fan of some of those basics. And honestly, beyond that, you need a targeted supplement protocol for you. You don't need to take every supplement in the world. And I don't want to just make random suggestions for people, but the magnesium, the zinc, the D, vitamin C, you know, mammals, all mammals besides humans and guinea pigs and hamsters can make their own vitamin C. We can't. So vitamin C is really, really should be in there as well. Um, I have all of those available in my supplement line on my store if you want to check it out. And if you use code Dr. Tina 10, D-R-T-Y-N-A 10, you can get 10% off. But those are some great standbys and there's some other great products in there. My favorite magnesium supplement for all around is my Relax Tonic. It's my number one selling product. I've got two magnesiums in my store and the Relax Tonic is just, it's good for so many things. It's, it's incredible. And so that's it. These are these are literally all the things that I do. These are the boxes I check off that have helped me keep myself happy and healthy and as hot as I can be at almost 50. I want to end by sharing with you some of the cardinal mistakes I have made that I wish I hadn't. And maybe this will help you understand like really how important these things are and were to my health in, in a negative way. And make some of these changes earlier for yourselves because I didn't take these things seriously. Number one, I chain smoked. For 10 years, I chain smoked cigarettes. Not good, not proud of it, bad idea. I'll tell you why I did it. Number one, the nicotine helped me focus. I know that now. Nicotine is a really great sort of anti-ADD, anti-ADHD drug. And it really helped me focus. It kept my appetite low and it has some antidepressant benefits. So I see why I did it but smoking cigarettes was not the answer. I was vegetarian for 10 years and no disrespect to the vegetarians out there, but I didn't do it right. I was more of a mac and cheese-itarian and I think it really did some damage during cardinal years. It was 14 to 24. That's also when I smoked. That's also when I quit drinking soda. But the vegetarianism left me with very thin cartilage in my joints and some hormonal disruption, I think, could have been avoided had I... Also, those are the cardinal puberty years when we're dealing with depression and anxiety and all kinds of things, mostly due to nutrient deficiencies. Honestly, zinc deficiencies, carnitine deficiencies, B12 deficiencies, all the things you get from red meat. Red meat is like a godsend to my health and I am really bummed out. I neglected that for 10 years. I think I did myself a huge disservice. And then the last thing I did that I'm not so proud of is I have been stressed the F out for most of my life and way overworked myself. Really, like I'm talking a high level of stress and grind for a good 25 to 30 years at a level that most humans couldn't sustain for a year or two. And I did it consistently because I was completely addicted to cortisol. And if I had found mindfulness and meditation and breathing techniques and the ability to calm myself sooner, I think it would have been a very different world for me. And I think I would have had a whole different health story to tell you. As part of that, I walk every day now. I walk twice a day, at least once, if not twice a day. I try to go for a good, I think that adds up to about, honestly, but I'd probably say a good 40 minutes of walking, 30 to 40 minutes of walking, maybe longer if I dilly-dally, maybe shorter if I'm huffing it. But that's part of my meditation and my breathing strategy. And I really wish I had implemented walking sooner. So if all you do is 
go for a walk every single day. And it's not a walk of fitness intention. You're just lollygagging. You're just smelling the flowers, enjoying your time. It really is much more fun with a dog. I think it's going to do incredible things for your stress levels. It'll do incredible things for your metabolism, of course. It's good for weight loss. It's probably the best thing in the world for weight loss. But more than that, it's just a really great way to let your body de-escalate from the stress and the cortisol because we live in a crazy world. There's no getting around that. Definitely don't smoke cigarettes. It completely inhibits healing. It's a, it's just garbage. Don't do it. And the whole vegetarian thing, up to you, but make sure you do it right if you're going to do it. But those are some things I really regret. I wish I had found much earlier in my life and or had changed, I should say, or never even done in the first place. And I think I would have had a different health history. But I think far and wide, I'm doing pretty good. I hope this was helpful. I realize I have shared many of these tips with you in the past, but maybe putting them all together made more sense or um, maybe was more helpful for you. Again, this is not medical advice. This is just my story. Thank you so much for being part of my audience for the last 100 episodes. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you've been here since the beginning, thank you. I appreciate you all so much. As always, if you will head to your favorite podcast player and rate, review, subscribe. I would love it. It really helps get the word out. I'm trying to give you guys no BS, truth as I know it, information, bring good guests on, give you guys information that will empower you to talk to your doctors to make better decisions for your health. And if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at podcast at drtina.com. And I have a very special surprise for those of you who have stayed until the end. I am doing a big giveaway. This is going to be a selection of my favorite supplements from my private supplement line, stuff you guys love. I know because I've been selling the heck out of them for the last few years, and I'm going to be putting together a goodie basket for one person, and there's just a few rules, so make sure you check the show notes to see what you have to do to qualify for the giveaway, and we will make sure that we get that out to you as my thank you for being a listener of The Dr. Tina Show. And with that, I bid you adieu. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugardi. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, 
home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is, well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skincare, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.